<laughs> Some nice jingle bells on that. Santa's rolling up. Big old fat one. Hey, how do you think? How, why, how do you think Rudolph's nose got so fucking red? Okay, from being cold. Nah, man. It was the bifters, man. Terence McKenna says that the actual, uh, you know, the mythology, the iconography of Rudolph's red nose actually comes from the glow of the bifter. Santa was token. Blowing it back in his little stupid reindeer face. Ah, he's not stupid. He's not stupid. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, I tell you. How are you doing? How's, um... Am I, who's talking here? Am I talking? <laughs> who's talking here? Sometimes I say that I'm driving a car. See, when I'm hungover. I know you're kind of in a fog. And I'm like, who's driving you? And my wife, uh, she laughs every time. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> I know you're laughing, but... I don't have full control of this vehicle. <laughs> well, I do. But, you know. Anyway, how's uh, how's how's your granny for slack? How's your granny for how's your granny for the ganch? <laughs> Does she need um? How's um? How's <laughs> gone full Dutch now? How's your granny for ganch, man? She got a cataract or anything, man? I can get you some ganch for. Hey, how many cataracts your grand got? Get some ganch. <laughs> I'll sort your granny out big time. I'll sort your granny out big time. Ah, uh, look. How's uh, how's things though? How's your how's your um, 20th 20th of April going along? If you know what I mean. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense this whole date thing. But uh, I hope you're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna have a great time with you. Uh, I'll be your your. Um, you can call me. Uh, Ah, fuck, what's the name of the ferryman? Sharon. <laughs> you can call me Charon. Uh, the Gange Man. As I bring you across the river. Hey, who are we kidding? Gange. <laughs> Is this any good? I am Sharon the Gange Man, bringing you across the river Gange. Uh, Ganges is a river. Um, I mean, really, any kind of play on words for Gange. Um, you know... Uh, like I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's some student. I'm sure there's some student called Sanjay, who you know he's like an exchange student. He's in college somewhere, and you know he lived a bit of a sheltered life. You know, very strict parents. And uh, one of the lads is all like, "What's your name, man?" Passing the bifter, and he goes, "Sanjay." Ganjay <laughs> has to have happened at least once. And the guy's like, "Ha ha ha! Yes, yes." <laughs> you know, um, you know, never, never underestimate the the uh, the punnage. The ingenuity uh, of um, of lads who've been having a bit of the uh, the old bit of the silly Billy cilantro, if you know what I mean, <laughs> a bit of the uh, the wacko broccoli, you know, uh, the bloody the bloody funky bak choy, if you know what I mean. You guys been you uh, you guys talking the funky bak choy? What? Are you a narc, bro? Just call it what it is, silly Billy cilantro. <laughs> hey, how old are you, bro? Calling it the. Don't even remember what I just said. <laughs> well, listen, we're gonna have a wonderful time. Um, now, listen, I will say, uh, you may hear a bit of noise outside. There are some builders, some bloody absolute Bob the Builders outside. You know? Do you know? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> do you know? 
Obama's done a lot of things, right? And he's done some bad things, but something he doesn't get called on enough is stealing Bob the Builder's whole, um, yes, we can. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. I remember, uh, it was, uh, why, why do I always go, uh, that's, not, that's not what Obama sounds like. I remember I was watching CBBS, and I saw a hardworking man, a Bob the Build man, <laughs> and he, uh, he had a phrase, and the kids were saying it. He said, um, he would say to his tractor, he would say, can we fix it? And <laughs> just any good impression. And then he would say, yes, we can. And ever since that little plush, I don't even know what species it is. <laughs> I don't even know. He's got big black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Have you ever seen a shark, Chief? Have you ever seen a shark's eyes? They're black, like a doll's eyes, <laughs> Chief. <laughs> so, Joe. Joe, you've been around the block. Have you ever seen a doll's eye? Fucking sharks! I've gone full Ray Romano now. Um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of good things, Obama. A lot of bad things. Had an enormous amount of drone strikes. But he also, um, I think, do you know what I'm pulling that from? I'm pulling that from a contrarian telling me that. There you are. That's my reference pool. Uh, I, I once said Obama's great. And someone was like, yeah, most drone strikes of any U.S. president. And I'm like, I haven't researched that. But yeah, guess what? I guess that's my new opinion now. <laughs> I guess that went in the kind of, oh, I'll allow that one in whole. You know what I mean? Sometimes some people say shit to you and you're like, nah. Do you know what? Even if you're right, nah. And then someone who's contrary and just says something, and you're like, yeah, guess I'm keeping that now. Guess that's my new opinion, and I haven't researched it. Yeah, well, most drone strikes ever for any U.S. president. <laughs> Name one, they'll say to me, and I'll be like, hmm. Um, <laughs> bag, Baghdad? Daddy? Daddy? Help me? <laughs> and we have this political uh, conversation that I'm too inexperienced for. But anyway, he's done a lot of bad things. <laughs> um, and name number one with a bullet. Number one with the drone strike is uh, him stealing Bob the Builder's famous catchphrase. You know, you can just picture Neil Morrissey freaked. He's there watching the Democratic convention. And he's like, I can't believe it. Those are my words coming out of his mouth. <laughs> you know Neil Morrissey? You know Neil Morrissey? You did the voice of Bob the Builder? Let's just see when Bob the Builder came out, just to see how, how much I've alienated Bob the Builder. Um, Bob the Snail? No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Bob the Builder, please. Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder. 1999. Okay, so uh, if you are 23... <laughs> this doesn't make... This doesn't make a lick of sense, although he was still around in 20, 2011. Although, here's one for you, right? <laughs> Is this a joke? Why am I teeing this up, right? No, hang on. I'm trying to do the mental gymnastics on this. If you Hang on. If you were, uh, your name was Bill, and your father's name is Bob, or any kind of variation of Robert, uh, you know, or Bob, Bobby or anything like that, you could say that he, the father, anyway, Robert, right, Bob, uh, you might even say that he's Bob the Bill Da. <laughs> yeah. You know, being William, being Bill's father. Anyone? Please come back. <laughs> Please come back. I can feel, because I feel it as well. You've all shrunk to the size of an anus in cringe. I know that. I feel it too. Please come back. Please come back. There'll be no more NAF commentary like that, okay? But I'm just saying that that chant for a very specific scenario is on the table, right? So if your mate, your mate, your mate Bill's dad, Bob, is dropping him off, say, you know, football or whatever, or to the top park, you know, uh, or to Quasar, whatever you do these days, right? Um, just get that chant. Bob the Builder. Hey, 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 hey. And they'd be like, what? What are they saying? What, they, what are they saying about me? No, they're saying Bob, William. What are they saying about me? <laughs> what the fuck is their fucking problem? 
<laughs> I tell you, there's nothing, apart from the Will Smith slap, there's nothing uh, better than someone totally getting the wrong end of the stick and going absolutely like, what? What the fuck you said? Like, I'm like, I was just doing a very gentle ribbing on your name in a very specific situation that you're, you're having a go at my son! <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, it just fits in the song. Anyway, look, I've lost some of you and the rest of you is like me to move on. So, Bob the Builder's got dead eyes. <laughs> Bob the Builder's got dead eyes, right? He's got dead eyes. Um, which prohibits him from kind of being... So I think that Postman, Pat, and Fireman Sam are the same species, right? They're the same kind of plush, big-nosed, doofus-looking fuckers, right? <laughs> I remember think that because I used to have this Fireman Sam doll, and he was made out of a type of sponge, and I used to... I used to... If, if people saw me in the pram, I'd be sucking on his fucking nose, right? This is about three or whatever. And I'd be sucking on his nose... You'd swear, and he was about the same size as me. Look, like we were wearing the fucking face of each other in the pram. Who does? Who is that baby making out with? Oh, it's just Fireman Sam. <laughs> All right, and I would chew the. F- Sorry, I'm swearing so much. I think I'm trying to overcompensate. I'm nervous. I am nervous. I'm, you know, I've had a bit of the. Um, I've had a smidge, you know, as as much as I can, and while re- respectively function as a as a father. Uh, uh, I've had a bit of the the wacky broccoli or whatever you call it, the the silly Billy bak choy. Um, so um, and I'm nervous. I'll come back to Postman Pat and Fireman Sam in a second, right? <laughs> but I am nervous. I kind of feel like this is like the third. I feel like you had the Killers, right, uh, with um, their first album. What was it called? I think it was just called Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuss. was it? Hot Fuss. Hot Fuss. Yes. <laughs> Say hot fuss one more time, motherfucker. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say hot fuss one more goddamn time. Uh, hot fuss. And then you had Sam's Town, which I've slagged before on this podcast, but it is a fucking banger, right? And then you got The Killer's third album, which is... Um, hang on, talk about Third album. Uh, dry, dry... Sorry, Day and Age, right? So... And that had... Uh, what songs did I have? Spaceman, the world we live in. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So that's what that's what that's what this feels like. I feel as well since I started speaking because it was very quiet in here. You know, you kind of get in your head a little bit. You're just there walking around. And you're like, and then you start talking. I felt very public. I felt like I had to like now I'm on uh, the this I'm on the school stage, right? The school play has happened, and now I have to walk out. I have to walk out just to a spotlight. And everyone like, Shh, he's about to talk, that little boy. <laughs> that little boy with no pants on, who's got, got a really red face, is about to speak. That's what it feels like. You know, after following two spectacular, I'm talking about these 420 pods, but in this scenario, I'm talking about school plays. I'm after following two spectacular school plays. I'm after following some, the second class kids, right? I'm saying I'm in fourth class, right? The, the kids in second class did the most incredible performance of uh, interpretation of Neil Jordan's Michael Collins. They built a massive papier-mâché GPO, right? And it's like... They did the whole thing. They even did the fucking shot up in the valley when, when Collins is shot. And uh, one of the kids is fucking screaming, ah, Jesus, Mick, no, Mick. Ah, Jesus, Mick, no, Mick. Mick! And then there's fucking... Uh, some other young fella dressed up as Kitty Julia Roberts, um, and she's like, and she's like, no, no, and she falls to her fucking knees sobbing, you know, as they play. Uh, she moves through the fair on a from the Michael Collins tape because this is still this is still the nineties, right? Because this is in my this is my analogy, and it's playing on some fucking busted tape player with the bass turned up too loud. <laughs> Day. 
<laughs> and they're like, oh God, I kind of retook. And your man who's dressed as Kitty Kieran's getting out of his <laughs> of his corset being the fucking sound on that shite. <laughs> he's getting so wound up because he's given the performance of a lifetime. You know? Anyway, that was that's play number one. That's 420, right? This is in this analogy, right? That's 420 episode number one. And then you have 420 episode number two. And that's, I don't know, the third class kids. They're always a bit funkier. They're always a little bit more chill. They're coming out with a fucking incredible rendition of Cats. The most beautiful thing. I didn't know these kids could dance like that. And that young fella who sang Memories, <laughs> that young fella who everyone thought in the back of the class, he was a bit rough, comes in a bit dirty, right? Small kid. If his parents had any fucking gumption, they'd have held him back a year. But they're not just so not interested because he's quiet and they think there's something wrong with him. That young fella, I'm getting emotional to think about it. That young fella gets up on that stage and he goes, Midnight, not a sound from the moon. And the fucking, the teachers are bawling. The principal's pulling out his hair. He's like, no one can handle it. It's the most beautiful rendition. And guess what? Two empty seats where the parents aren't. But anyway, we're not going to let that fucking dwell on us, right? <laughs> most incredible performance, you know? I don't know what the end of memory sounds like. But anyway, um, that's not even the last song in Cats. But you know what? They end it there because they know they're not going to be able to top it with that stupid thing. A cat is not a dog. Da, 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 da. Or whatever that Judy Dan shite that was on at the end. Anyway, that's the third class. That's 420 episode number two, right? And then it's all like, um, uh, it says on the on the playbill or whatever. It says on the kind of list of stuff that you're going to be seeing in the night. Uh, and then Tony Cantwell is going to riff for a little while. <laughs> coming out here to riff for a little while. And that's what it feels like. Me coming out here and being like, <clears throat> ah, ha, ha, ha. mad when you're, do you think, do you think Bob the Builder is the same species as Bob? <laughs> do you think Bob the Builder is the same species as Postman Pat? I often think, look at the fucking... They're all... They're just so plush. They're just so plush. Oh, actually, you know what? I say with his dead eyes, he'd probably rock up. And they're like, what the... For the teacher's like, oh my God, what are we doing? What are we going to do? This is awful. Um, No, but come here to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Obama stole from... Why am we going back to the Bob the Builder? What, uh, what other school plays could you have? Um, There was a big play that they would always do. So we in our school plays. I've I've been I've been incredible. I've been incredible in my school plays. Um, apart from when I was just a bit too shy to sing, right? We were doing Les Misérables, and um, and I was called because of uh, this is when alphabetical order did me dirty, mate. This is when alphabetical order did me dirt, right? So it was always usually a benefit, but I think I was like the third kid up. First two lads couldn't sing a lick, and I'm like, all right, here we go. But they were singing stuff like, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> they say, yeah, they sang it to the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, right? Uh, how I wonder what you am. So um, they would sing all the simple shit, right? And I was trying to be a, bit, try, try to be a little lick, right? And a te our teacher had taught us a new song, the class, a new song. Um, those magnificent men in their flying machines, they go up the up up, they go down the round down, they go da 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 Right? I don't remember all the lyrics now. So I ran up and I was like getting eye contact on the teacher to be like, give me this fucking role. I want Jean Valjean. I want Jean Valjean. Look at me. So I'm like, I'm giving you what you want, your favorite song as far as I'm concerned because I'm nine, right? I don't know... I'm assuming everything you tell me is your favorite bit of information, right? <laughs> like, you tell me geography facts, it's like, that's just what you're mad into. This is just what this guy's mad into. He comes in here, he's like, you know what we're going to talk about today? Uh, maths. 
because I love it, <laughs> you know, but that's not what teaching is. So he sang this song, and because of my very narrow reference pool, I was like, well, this is obviously his favorite song. I'm going to sing it back to him, right? And uh, so I sing it, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Tony, right? And then um, and then Craig Nolan comes up. Craig Nolan comes up, and um, he goes, Every night in my dreams, I see you, I feel you. Right? And I'm like, fuck, fuck. I didn't know we could sing bangers. I didn't know we could pick bangers. If I knew that, I would have been coming up here singing I Have Nothing by Whitney Houston. Don't make me close my door. I don't want to hurt anymore. I didn't know that. I'm singing magnificent men in their flying machines. I didn't know that. So he comes up here, tears the fuck, and even does the, um, you're here, there's nothing to fear. Even does the, that, you know, that's Lean Dion. He does it all. <laughs> a little Mario. Nothing to fear. You know, he does all that. <laughs> that's just a little nod there. Someone sent me a message recently saying, your Mario impression's fucking brilliant. And I'm like, well, tell Lorne Michaels he didn't like it. That's why I didn't get SNL. So I'm going to do an impression of Barack Obama. Uh, oh, I'm going to get an impression of Neil Morrissey from Bob the Builder and Maven <laughs> Badly getting annoyed at Barack Obama doing Yes We Can, and then I'll do a bit of Mario for you. All right? I want weekend update. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what was I saying? So, yeah, he tore the roof off the place, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I didn't know we could sing unadulterated bangers. I didn't know Ricky Martin was going to be in here afterwards going, she bangs, she bangs. <laughs> right? I thought we had to sing Magnificent in a Flying Machines. I would have been fucking, I would have been Whitney Houston. I have nothing. I would have been like, you know, um, don't make me, oh, up the fucking, up the key change. Close one more door. I don't want to hurt anymore. Right? Don't walk away from me. Don't walk away from me. You know, I would have, don't you dare walk away from What? I'm sorry, I'm going to stop singing. <laughs> <laughs> is this your first podcast i'm so sorry okay so i didn't know that so he gets he ends up with a roll of fucking cassette and i get to roll a prisoner number four uh, just because i should have been out there i should have been like can i sing another song can i sing another song <laughs> can i sing another song that's just not my song or there should have been some simon cowell there there should have been someone listen have you got another song have you got another song i do i have um, i have nothing but whitney houston i love that song I have, uh, yeah, I think, have you got another song? Yeah, I got um, me and Mrs. Me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> me and Mrs. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. And then like, so and then whatever, my teacher, Mr. Thorpe is like, ah, there we go. That's the one, you know? And you can see them all getting into the groove. David Williams is a big fucking grin. <laughs> David Williams, whatever. I don't know. I don't know who's David McWilliams, David Williams and David Mac Williams. There, there's three names I have for those two boys. And am I going to change? No. Anyway, so I didn't know we could sing unadulterated bangers. Unadulterated <laughs> is uh, unadulterated sounds like a real fucking sounds like a real sexy, real sexy word. That's <laughs> like <laughs> this is still me at the school play <laughs> after those two plays, and I'm like, hey, isn't? Did you ever hear thinking of? I'm a little kid, so I my mind's going my mind's going a mile a minute. Do you ever think of words? <laughs> I think of some words. I think of uh, unadulterated. That's a that's a funny word. It sounds kind of sexy, you know. <laughs> People in the audience like, 
you know, unadulterated because it's kind of a sexy word. You know, my mom comes to me, she says, uh, Tony, uh, here, do you want a, a pot of um, unadulterated whole milk yogurt? I'm like, whoa, broad, unadulterated? You want me to eat eat it with a spoon, or you want me to fuck it? <laughs> you know, I said that those words to my uh, grown up man, my mother, my mother. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> All right, this has gone off the rails. Okay, still, what's the hey? And what's the deal with that little kid who's singing memories? Because I ain't got no memory ever seeing his fucking parents around here. And everyone, and then people start turning. <laughs> you have a go with the kid, and the audience start turning. I'm like, boo! And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You'll lap it up, you fucking parents sitting there with your fucking cameras, taking all this shite in, waiting for your little, ha- you're fishing for your little handout jokes that us kids are going to be saying up here that only you're going to get, you know? They'll be, we'll be doing the fucking Pied Piper, and all the rats will roll into town and be like, I tell you, uh, it's more of this fucking referendum I'm worried about. <laughs> You know, don't mind the rats. There's some little kid. Don't mind the rats. It's the referendum I'm worried about. And all the parents lapping it up. That's what you do. You basic brain dead leeches. That's what you look for. Mm, yeah, there's another little joke that us that us adults will know. That you kids don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like to be Snow White or something like that. And then, I don't know, she's eating the apple. She's passed out. I'm like, oh, we need a Prince Charming to come in here uh, to save the day. Don't mind a Prince Charming. What about a 64 billion euro bailout? <laughs> you know, and these kids saying that, and the parents like, yes, yes, <laughs> feed us, feed us this shite, you know. Like, what's the latest politics news? Hang on, talk about something. I don't keep, um, I don't keep abreast of the, <laughs> I don't keep abreast of the, um, of the news. Uh, a lot here about Eamon Ryan and the turf ban. There's a turf war on a global scale. What's that? I'm going to move on immediately now. What's the lyrics, the rap from uh, Black and White from Michael Jackson? It's a turf war on a global scale about being a ding, a time, a ding, a ding, a ding, when I saw you kicking dirt in my eyes. <laughs> you know? Niall Horn had a song called Black and White. What am I talking about? Hang on. Was I talking about Bob the Builder still? <laughs> I had, no, I was going to try and make a contemporary um, school play politics joke that the that the parents would lap up. All right, uh, Eamon Ryan burning turf, right? Okay, uh, it's a salmon of knowledge, right? Uh, and it's a story. They're telling the story of the salmon of knowledge. Young um, Fionn McCool is there sitting on the ground, right, prodding the fire, right, um, and uh, the the old the old man who's caught the fish who wants to eat the fish for the salmon for the knowledge, right? Uh, his name's his name's Eamon Ryan. So there's a bit of a joke in there. Maybe you can get a bit more knowledge, uh, Eamon. But that's not the main joke. The main joke here is um, is you have uh, Minister of the Environment, Eamon Ryan, uh, is loading up the fire. And then young Fionn McCool says, Well, I hope that's not turf you're burning there, Eamon. Any good? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not good, but they're not good. That's as good as you'd get, to be perfectly honest. Although there were some, there were some lads, some teachers in there who really... We had this hard-ass teacher, right? He was a fucking... He was... He was as hard as they come. I think he was from Cork. I mean, it was. I mean, everything for me outside the M50 was Cork, right? It was ambiguous. As I told you before, my map of Ireland up until the age of like 30 was the M50, the shape of Ireland, but with the M50, and then everything else is just question marks and black spots and sea monsters, you know? The end of the world, right? I knew nothing about outside of Dublin, right? Uh, or even inside Dublin. It's actually not even the full M50. It's Merino, um Clontarf and uh, and and Rohini, that kind of area, all the way down to Summerhill, up to the point of like Asha, in Stephen in Stevens Green, right? That's as far 
<laughs> just that's the whole map and then the rest is just question marks and sea monsters and one-eyed squids and all that kind of stuff um well how did i get onto that uh the maps oh yeah my teacher right he was a real hard ass i've talked about him before right he kept saying he was going to unretire the bamboo stick right this is a man Imagine sitting there. Imagine being a hard ass and we're like, duh, 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 duh. this is a man who's seen shit. This is a man who has smacked the arses off thousands of lads. And then they're saying, can't do it anymore, man. You can't do it anymore. And he still has the stick and it's behind him. And him feeling the tension of what he used to do in the good old days. And now we're like, all right, slammers or pogs. Are we playing slammers only? <laughs> like, duh, duh, duh. Our Pokemon or our fucking Tamagotchi is like, brr, 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 brr. And he's like, I would fucking whip the legs of every single one of you if I was in a different time. You know, but all he can say is, oh, don't make me unretire the bamboo stick. And you're like there with a fucking mouthful of tangies being, and what, so? And what? And what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it, right? Some of the lads do do something about it, but I've talked about that before. Anyway, um, he used to have this little sign that he would hold up on his desk that would say, shut up. <laughs> and he would never speak above anyone else. So he could be there for 20 minutes sometimes. We're like, dah, dah, dah. you know you know how loud classrooms can get. Just lads like screaming, being like, and then, and then like the rock catches his foot and spins him around. And then he fucking gets a stunner. And then, you know, and, and he, just, he would just hold up this little, this little sign that said, shut up. And he wouldn't even say at a talking, lower than a talking volume. He'd just be like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, dah, 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 shut, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then eventually it would peter out. Someone would realize, you know. That whole kind of silent technique works for some people, doesn't work for everyone, you know? Anyway, he every year would write these incredible ballads, these massive, he was hard as fuck, and never seen the, the lad smile in his life. There's lads who go into that job who don't smile, and they don't like to smile, and they actually don't even like joy that much, and they're like, let me, let me have a look at your kids. <laughs> let me spend most of the time of the week with your children, please. <laughs> and they don't even smile anyway in his time in his time between his you know obviously looking up his own interests of maths and seeing magnificent men in his flying machine he would write these this is a different uh, teacher to be fair uh, he would write these big long poems he would do these incredible renditions of uh of fairy tales uh in poetry form you know maybe he was stealing it there really isn't you know when it comes down to kind of uh, ip intellectual property the school play can kind of do whatever you want for the most part you know um, I don't know. I, I understand the estate of John Hughes is highly litigious. So if you're doing a rendition of uh, of the the, the, <laughs> the Breakfast Club like we did, and Stephen Call forgotten and a fucking cease and desist from the estate of John Hughes for us to stop doing uh, uh, the Breakfast Club in the Dublin Fringe it was a very exciting time. It's the closest thing I've ever had to 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 John Hughes. Anyway, he would write these and he would fill them full of these full of these jokes. Is that all I was saying? I think that's all I was saying. But it's mad, you know, you think you know people. And then they go off and they write um, these beautiful poems. And you're like, I didn't know you had that in you. You don't seem to like anything. Ah, sure, who else was going to write a beautiful poem? <laughs> ah, sure, at the end of the day, who else is going to fucking make, you know, make <laughs> make those parents cry, you know, at the end of the day. Anyway, what else? Um, do you know what? I actually, sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to be talking about Bob the Builder so much, right? <laughs> but I've been singing Bob the Builder since the Builder started playing. Uh, playing <laughs> whatever they do out there playing with their fucking pretend saws and all that stuff right because it seems like fun to me i'd love to do like woodworking or something like that you know i'm very oh my god accident prone but i think I'm, i'd get into it so that i would you know i'd be like first thing how do i not cut off my fingers tell me everything whatever the provisions are there to prevent people from like chomping off the top of their finger double it for me right quadruple it if i have to just push 
all the bits of wood onto the saw with two sticks, like chopsticks, like the ancient Chinese used to do plowing their fields. That's a Jerry Seinfeld joke. Do you hear the lads outside? The old Bob, the absolute, the absolute Bobs are outside. The absolute Bob does. That's what I call you lot, Bob this. <laughs> Why? Because you're building. Right. Bob the Builder. There was Trixie and Plonker and Burger too. <laughs> I don't know if that's any of the names of the lads. <laughs> you remember you remember Plonker from Bob the Builder? <laughs> this is him now. <laughs> oh my God, he looks like Macaulay Culkin now. <laughs> Remember Burger from Bob the Builder? This is him now. <laughs> Lads getting tattoos of Burger from Bob the Builder. Going into LA Inc. I decided to get a tattoo of Burger from the Bob the Builder cartoons. <laughs> so, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, man. Some cool high fives that they used to do. This is when Lads going in. So, I'm going to get a tattoo of Burger from Bob the Builder. Oh, nice, man. That's great. Yeah, uh, it's for my granddad. My granddad was a builder. And he, uh, yeah. He died about 111. He died of natural causes, asleep in his bed. Beautiful. And I miss him every day, so I got. I want to get tattooed a big piece of burger <laughs> from the Bob the Builder cartoons. I don't remember burger. You remember burger? And he looks it up on his phone. Where's burger? Where the fuck is burger? <laughs> Who the name of the Bob the Builder's uh, truck tractors? I know you're shouting it. Uh, builder's Dizzy was one. Uh, Bob the Builder's mates. List of Bob the Builder characters. Just give me the fucking vehicles, please. There was Scoop, Muck, Dizzy. All right. Well, this is bollocks. So where's Burger? Dear Neil Morrissey, I know you have a lot on your table right now with this whole uh, Obama <laughs> lawsuit. But can you just remember? Um, what? Where? Remember Burger? Um, I know we're all having a little Mandela effect. In fact, that was one of the topics that someone asked me to talk about. Mandela, weird Mandela effects. A Mandela effect is when you uh, collectively misremember something, you know, um, which I kind of know is some of it's bullshit, you know. Although, look, this is just, can I just say, can I just say, I've already talked about my ignorance, right? My ignorance uh, for Irish geography, okay? Um that that that's across the board. That's on a global scale. All right. I wasn't too familiar with Rajasthan. Now let me tell you a bit about Rajasthan. One second here. Gang we're like fucking Gangistan. <laughs> no no no. Rajasthan, uh, Rajasthan. Sorry with th is a state in northern India. Three hundred forty-two thousand square kilometers. Uh, the largest Indian state by area. Seventh largest in population. A population of sixty-eight point five million people. Okay, so a significant part of the world, a massive state of India. And I just saw two two mentions of it, and I've, I just hadn't heard. I'm sure I, I probably even know the, some of the cities that are in Rajasthan, right? But I just never heard of Rajasthan as an actual state, right? And I saw the word Rajasthan twice in the same day, and I thought, hmm, coincidence? <laughs> I was like, hmm, uh, well, I've never heard of it. And I got like, def- I, like my, this is the thing, right? I... As well as having a massive ego, I'm a cis white straight man. I am a giant sun, a burning star that I believe the whole world revolves around me, okay? I am both Truman and Ed Harris in my world, okay? <laughs> I am controlling, controller of everything and everyone is my puppet, right? There's a millisecond and also my child of divorce, which also is a little multiplier on that, right? T- towards my ego. So there is like... Everything has to go through a millisecond filter then to get to reality. So it goes through like, hmm, suspicious. I've never heard of Rajasthan before. I wonder where they're pulling that shit from. 
Uh, someone asleep at the someone at the matrix asleep at the wheel. You just drop two Rajasthani references. If you're trying to invent a brand new Indian state, right? Spread it out a little bit, bro. Okay. Twice in the same day, you're slipping, right? Now, of course, what it actually is is um, frequency illusion. The the ba- uh, Bader Meinhof Bader Meinhof um, complex or phenomenon where you see. Uh, you see something again and again. Like you've never heard of an avocado. Guess what? All you're fucking seeing is avocados that week. You know what I mean? You're, you you become um, it's kind of frequency bias or cognitive bias. I think it's called. Um, where you kind of uh, you you're you're prioritizing that in your eyes and your mind more. Like Rajasthan, never heard of that, and I saw it again. Rajasthan, but it had to go through a filter where I'm thinking that people are making this up that we're all in a fucking matrix, bro. It just has to go through that for some reason. And I'm so sorry to the people of Rajasthan. For that level, just that level of ignorance. But I'd also, to be honest, have it with walking down the road. Limmy has a sketch about it. You're walking down the road and you see like this, you know, you see like mad old emblems. You might be walking down the road and all of a sudden you see this fucking lion fighting a gargoyle uh, and a unicorn emblem on something. And you're like, what? What the fuck is that? I've never seen that before in my life, you know? And you're like, hmm, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on to you, right? I'm on to you about that. Um, so I had that with Rajasthan. So that so that wouldn't be an example of a Mandela effect, but it's kind of a Mandela effect. Is like is has something changed and everyone misremembers it. But I think it's you know I think there's an explanation for it because not not all of them, you know, people think Tiny Tunes was T O O N S. It's T U N E S because it was all from the 40s and 50s and they're originally just musical things that would be on the cinema, you know. Um, so. And people maybe misremember it because Tiny Toons was T-O-O-N-S. Does that make sense? You getting me? But there's loads of examples of it. Do you know as well I was thinking, right? I, I, I've, I've I have a few more. There should be a German word for this, right? You know the way like there's a German word for Beidermeinhof, as I've said, which is when you frequency illusion, you see things over and over. Uh, Schadenfreude, where you, you take the, you have an enjoyment of seeing someone else in pain, you know? Um... I I made one up. I don't remember what the word is. Shit. If you if you do remember what it was, message me. There was a German word for the feeling of disbelief when you find out that your wife has watched like five seasons of something in like the span of like two days. When you sat down and you watched episode one, and then you went away, and then two days later you're like, "Where do you get the time? How did you even do this? You work harder than me." You know that German word for disbelief. But I can't put a new one. Right? It's the kind of liminal state between two states right of when you are trying to make a a baby laugh or get a response out of a baby so you put on a hat a small hat okay there's nothing that winds children up more than hats that are too small on adult heads right so say if it's a little cap i've even gone so small as to take a little lego man's cap and put it on my fucking mallet of a head and say son son look at this right but there's also a time when he's not looking and 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 I am in agony. <laughs> like I am aching for him to just like, son, look at my hat, Sonny, Sonny, look at my hat. And I'm like, what's 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 that on daddy's head? And he just couldn't give a fuck. And he's like, I'm annoying. I'm like, I'm there towering above him with a tiny hat, being like, hey, hey. It's like Attack on Titan. I'm this giant Titan. <laughs> I'm like with a tiny hat, just aching for his attention, right? So it's to kind of explain. That that particular feeling of needing to be seen and the vulnerability of how you are to other adults in the room wearing a tiny hat. Like, you know it's going to be worth the payoff once he sees it. But it's the most vulnerable place in the world that you're actually in, in physical pain. 
because you and and also from the you need the attention. So it's trying to explain all that. So I took three German words. I took silly hat and I put force there. I thought that'd be uh, you know, and I translated it and I can, it said uh, the German for silly hat force is Dummhutkraft. So you're kind of in a state of Dummhutkraft when you're have a tiny hat on, man, <laughs> and you're desperate for a little fucker to have a look at it. <laughs> all right. So that's another German word. How did I get onto that? The Baden-Meinhof, com- yeah, the frequency, cognitive frequency bias when you see the same thing uh, over and over. Was it going anywhere there? Yeah, my apologies to the fine people of Rajasthan for thinking that um, someone made you up. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that. Do you know what it is? It's kind of like, I think I just, I, I think I just have a little, a little spark goes off in my head of pure delight when I find out something new, you know? Like when I went to the British Museum and I had a look at the Assyrians. And I'm like, there's wall after wall of these Assyrian kings hunting down these lions. And I don't even know who the fuck these guys are. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that just brilliant? That there's so much behind us that you can pop up and read a thousand books on something that you didn't even know was a thing. You know, isn't that just brilliant? Rajasthan, great. What sort of grub you got there? Not my style. That's a real shame now. <laughs> That's a real shame. I'd be more into kind of the... um. The kind of Kerala kind of uh, seafood kind of curry sort of stuff down south. That's a real shame now, Rajasthan. Um, no, no, no. But come here to me. Um, I'll tell you actually what it is. And I don't want to talk about this for too long because it's incredibly ignorant and self-entitled. But uh, I, I kind of spent, I think I spent uh, like eight months in my 20s fully 100% committing to the idea that we were living in a simulation, right? Find out about simulation theory. Find out about all the theories. Hey, do you think that in 20 years' time that, um, you know, uh, graphics will be indistinguishable from our own do you believe that we could you know potentially even have tactile suits that would be indistinguishable from the human touch you'd wear a pair of gloves and they would have sensors on it or or pads that would kind of heat up or press or whatever like that you know you know it was some sort of flexi robotics or whatever like that if that's if you think that's possible within your lifetime then it's possible that we could already be in it that's the whole that's you that's that's what someone who's trying to get you into simulation theory might say right so i was fully committed to that and i think because I was essentially a fairly happy nihilist. <laughs> and I was like, well, if we're in a simulation, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't like the idea of all the pressure. I see my friends kind of going on to success and I'm not really committing to a job and I'm in sack from like six jobs. And I'm like, so I, I kind of don't, I don't see the point in anything. So, you know, this simulation theory is just right down my street, you know, and I'm just going to be in this self VR <laughs> that we're in, right? And there's occasionally... You'll just have these little pipettes of pure joy that'll just come in from nowhere, you know? It's almost like just a little drip feed into my my matrix tank, right? So I'm here in the matrix, right? I'm talking to you, we're in the matrix right now, but my real world out there, right? It's a horrible world, but I'm in a little pod hooked up to a load of wires, you know, hooked up to the matrix, right? No hair, all that gear, right? And every so often, just one of the machines just comes by, and they're nice machines, and they just drip in little little pipettes of pure delight every so often you know like guess what you're just walking around one day in the matrix and out unbeknownst to you 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 know they've dropped in a little ink blot of pure joy and guess what red dead redemption 2 just comes out and you're like what this is brilliant <laughs> you know i was walking around in a world before red dead redemption 2 and now all of a sudden thanks to one of those squids in the sky they've just dropped in a, a pipette of pure delight but it could be anything it could be guess what you get to quit your job and, and do comedy because one of your videos goes viral right uh, you share a tender kiss with a beautiful woman who will become your wife over Christmas, right? <laughs> you have a young fella that you don't mind wearing little tiny Lego hats for. In fact, you love it. 
because you want to see him knock it off your head and freak out. He doesn't even enjoy it, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't even enjoy... What was the word again? That's right, dumb hot crap. You know, I kind of... I kind of do think <laughs> that there are things that come from outside our realm of understanding. Like there are there are gifts, there are presents, and they don't just come from here. Maybe they do, but I this is a hang-up that I have. And I kind of put Rajasthan through that. Uh, is this any good? Oh, my God. Look, just do more bits about the fucking Gale talk before I scream. Um yeah, little pipettes of pure delight from a squid monster in the sky. Okay? That's my religion. What do you believe in, fucking Lamb of God? What do you believe in? Lad walking on water. Is that... Honestly, though, sore, sore. Is, is what I've said and more mad than a lad coming back from, from being uh, uh, crucified? Is it? <laughs> Have you seen the Matrix? Have you seen the Matrix, sir? Have you seen the Matrix? Then shut the fuck up. Then shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll give you a lend. Have it on DVD. Um, all right. What else to talk about? Enough about Rajasthan. <laughs> um, what we got here? Um, buying weed stories is a is a topic. Um, and another one, dodgiest buying weed story. I remember when it was just fresh. I told you. I think I told you this one before. Me and a pal. It was during the two thousand and eight World Cup. Um, so we were just new. It was over that summer. That's where we watched everything. Um, and in, in London. And I remember walking around with this guy. Met him in Chinatown, uh, in the center of, of London, <laughs> like, uh, like off Oxford Street. As so we were like, where do we go to, for pubs? Let's go to Oxford Street, right? So we were out, um, and we were running around with this guy. And, um, he just offered us weed. And we're like, yes, we love weed. And he was Dutch. And we thought, oh, wow, that's, that seems like he he probably even brought it from in his suitcase. He probably has it through customs. Probably really good stuff. Oh my god, you're Dutch. Then you must have the best source of Amsterdam weed that you and and, that you, and you sell to strangers in Chinatown. <laughs> that must be how that goes. So we gave him like fifty pounds because we bought a good bit, and then we went on a bit of a pub crawl with him, and we kind of were chatting to him, and we were chatting about the the World Cup, and I was lying about how much I like football and all this stuff. And then he left, and uh, my mate opened the little baggie that he gave us, and it was toilet paper in a clear baggie. We got, like, this guy, we got murked. We got, this guy was like fucking Darren. I don't even want to say Darren, but Darren Orange, because he was Dutch, this guy. um, You know? David Blaze, more like, because he's high, because he's weed dealer. We got absolutely swindled by um, fucking Thief Barry. Right? This guy. Not even Keith Barry. Thief Barry. <laughs> so um, so that was always bad. Although there was another time. Look, I'm not going to lie. I've been swindled about seven times <laughs> by buying weed on the street. Weed on the street. Um, you know, just being approached by people on the street. Um, and saying, yes, I'd like some. You know, because they're, they're offering. You know, so you're like, oh, that's nice. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they get something. Maybe they get a vibe. I'm very romantic. You know, I'm very romantic. I'm like, this time. This time is going to be the time. It's going to be the best weed we've ever had for a bargain price, and then they're going to get. I'm going to get their number, and we'll be able to call them again. It's going to be amazing, right? Um, anyway, so listen, um, we're walking down Shoreditch High Street, right? This is just up up the road, really. Still kind of centre of London. Walking up Shoreditch High Street, and um, this guy who looks like Mark Morrison, 
you know, Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac yet again. Big, tall black man with a big black trench coat and a black hat, right? Big black man with a big black Mac, right? <laughs> this is buying weed with Dr. Seuss, right? Um, and he uh, was like, would you like some weed? I said, yes, sir. How much? He says, an extortionate amount. I said, brilliant. Um, and then um, I said, thank you very much. We walk away. Giddy skipping down the road like Dorothy and the Tin Man and the other two, no, the other three. And uh, open it and it's lettuce. It's like or some sort of, I don't know, cheap vegetable, basil. It's not weed. Looks shite. So then we're like, <laughs> well, first we're like, here, we should really say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you, you going to do? I think we'll win. I think me and you will win against this massive guy, this massive tr- criminal. What do you think, man? <laughs> There's two little 21-year-olds, right? Or 23. Anyway, so... um. So then uh, we're like, actually, do you know what? I think our best victory would be to never shop from him again. <laughs> whatever kind of victory you kind of, you know, whatever helps you sleep. So then we were walking down George High Street another time, and this woman came over to us. Now, I was led to believe that women were trustworthy. Well, not this woman. This woman, this woman was a liar, as it turned out, right? We saw Mark Morrison down the road, and we were like, we're not going down that side of the road. We crossed over. Mostly because we were intimidated, but partially we're like, I, we're not getting, he's not getting our custom <laughs> after what he did. Um, so then uh, we bumped into this woman and she's like, would you like some marijuana? We said yes. And um, and <laughs> and then she says, and I said, do you know what? And I said, I turned to my friend. I said, can I just have a little powwow with my friend here? And we pop our head around. Almost like you can't hear. She's standing there like at a film. Like, what do people do when people turn around to have a little quick word? And they're just standing there. That's what happened in this case. We turn around. Okay, so I think what we should do is, right, we should say, I want to see the weed before. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. We should say, we want to see the weed before we give the money. Okay. All right. Um, hello. Hi, madam. Look, you seem like a trustworthy woman. My friend and I had a little powwow. And we would like to see the weed. Um, before we give you any money for it, if that will be okay, if that will be to your liking, and um, and then she goes okay, and she takes the phone out, and she goes, I don't want to see the weed, they want to see the weed, mate, and then and then she goes, oh oh okay okay okay, um, and then <laughs> she gives the phone to me. And I'm like, yeah, we were just telling your trustworthy colleague here, um, that you know we, uh, we actually would like to see the product before before we splash the dimes, you know? And um and he goes, Yeah, 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 mate, I get you, yeah, but you could also like give it a money and fuck off. It's fucking Mark Morrison again. It's the same guy. And I was like, excuse me, beg, beg your pardon. Sorry, sorry, he was breaking up there. <laughs> Just getting, getting intimidated by a guy who could be anywhere on the phone. It was like phone booth. I was like Colin Farrell in phone booth being intimidated. And he goes, Yeah, mate, I need you to give it a money and then fuck off. Like, not even give me the money or I'll kill you. Give me the money or I'll knife you. Give, give me the money or I'll gloss you, bruv. Give you, give her the money and then fuck off. And this was another Darren Brown, you know, mentalist swindler, right? And then, um, and so, <laughs> I mean, I did. And I, 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 it dawns on me now, I could have said that and I could have hung up the phone and be like, yeah, do you know what? He actually says get us double for that price. Get us double the amount of weed, actual real weed. And he also said throw in a can of Coke. So his words, love, not mine, <laughs> right? But I didn't. I said, okay, cool. So here you go. He told me to give you this. And and, he, and I chanced it, and he's like, and we'll wait for you to get the thing for us. And she goes, okay. Um, so I didn't do exactly as I was asked to fuck off, and I just stood there, and she walked off with our with our money again, right? And there was another lad, right? He was an English guy, but his name was 
he's sorry, he was an Indian guy, but his name was English. He said, everyone calls me English, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he, I met him somewhere. I don't know who. I think someone in the call center gave, gave me his number. And he also wore a big, long, black leather Mac. And he had very matrix. He had a trim lined matrix beard the same one anthony mackie has that almost ruins the final scene in endgame with cap with the, giving him the shield that tiny little fucking beard almost ruins everything that came before i hate it so much but anyway he had a little skinny beard and his hair is, is skinny like not much hair tied back and he had a long nose and look like a kind of crescent moon head right look like he hadn't slept um anyway i got his number um and he says he goes yes i I sent him a text and i was like hey english um (laughs) i'm looking to buy whatever leaf emoji or whatever and um it was actually before emojis i said a bit of green you know hoping that i wouldn't want to say weed in case the cops saw it like what's green i'm like a fucking kermit teddy miss piggy (laughs) no 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 i would never um i said you know so i was trying to be elusive in my text so i said hey english um, I'm looking to get some green, and I get a message saying, "Yes, meet me. Uh, I'm just coming out of Homerton Mental Hospital. Can you meet me in an hour?" And I'm like, "Yeah, okay. I'll be there in a minute." And then I was running late. Sorry, English. I'll be there. <laughs> like texting the same fucking apologetic texts that I send to my friends when I'm like 15 minutes late. That I know I'm going to be two hours late. Just around the corner, English. I'll be there in a minute. Really sorry about this. I'm I'm as annoyed as you are. <laughs> you know. Um, and me and my mate went to go get um, some weed off him. And he actually did have weed. Thank God. And we used to hit him up then for a while. But I remember he was giving us the weed. And he's like, you smoke a lot. And I was all like, yeah, yeah. Man, all the time. Ha <laughs> ha. I mean, I didn't, you know. I still don't much, you know. And um, and he goes, well, let me tell you, mate. This shit you're about to smoke is detrimental, bro. <laughs> and he seemed to be happy with that. And I was like, I think you just got I said to my mate, I think you just got the... The adjective wrong, you know. I think he I think he means it's good, you know. Uh, and I'm like, oh, ha, 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 cool, thank you. Do you want to smoke some? And I'm like, no, I'm in a hurry, you know. But I really am scared. So um, that was that wasn't dodgy, you know. Um, so yeah, that those are those are my dodgiest. Um, okay, Connor Killeen says best stoner engineering feats. What are the best stoner engineering feats? <laughs> I'm not I don't mean to be having a go. Um, we were, um, again, early 20s, when I had the time, uh, we were mad into the waterfall. Um, I still have friends. I still have friends in their mid-30s. They were like, man, sorry, didn't get back to the text. Did a waterfall there. I burnt a hole. Um, I came home from my well-paying job, and uh, I got a big bottle of Evian, and I put a lighter to it. And I, uh, A waterfall is an incredible engineer- engineering feat. It's actually more of a kind of a spectacle then it is a kind of, you know, a, a recreational enjoyment tool. <laughs> because what you do is, right, you take a bottle and you um, uh, you put a hole about, say, picture a Coca-Cola bottle, right? And you know the way it's kind of shaped like a rocket. And you know the way there's multiple curves. You know the way at the bottom you have the little feet, right? And you have a kind of a little curve, a rounded curve of the, of the end. Give it, a, give it a bit of st- stability, right? About halfway into that curve, you poke a hole, okay? And then... Um, what you do as well is you take the lid off, a big enough hole, about the size of your fingertip, right? Or maybe your baby fingertip, right? Uh, you can do that with a lighter and then just kind of push it in when it's a bit molten, right? And then what you do 
is you take remove the lid, you take a bit of tin foil, right? You put it on top of the lid and you poke a series of holes in it with a compass, okay? Um, and so you have a little basket that has a little that has you know uh, holes in it for 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 ventilation, and then you take that off, right? And you have that there to be ready, and you fill the you put your finger over the hole and you fill the water up to the top, right? Or maybe at seventy percent to the top, and um, and then what you do is you put the filter thing back on, the kind of gauze back on the top, right? With your finger still on the thing, and then you put weed on the top of that, and then you light it. And then you let go of your finger and the suction of the water going out pulls the air down and it fills the bottle full of smoke. And because as well, there's a bit of water in there, it has a bit of a cooling effect, a little bit, not so much as like a bong, but uh, a little bit. And then when it's down almost to the hole, or, or you know, when there's, you can, it comes all the way out and there's enough water, you put your finger back over the hole, take the gauze off, right? And that's always a bit of a tricky bit. You know, you don't want to ruin the gauze, but you want to get in there as quick as possible, especially when you're dealing with, especially back in the day when you're like 20 and you have, you bought, you know, 20 quid worth of weed and you try and make it last like eight months. So you're very, you know, you, you know, you, it's so sparing. Considering the fact you can get robbed seven times in a row to try and get it, you know, it's like gold dust. It's like saffron, right? But you see all the smoke cascade down the bottle. It's a very visually stunning effect. However, doing one, like, I mean, the last time I did it, I think I was like 26. And <laughs> I mean, this is where we're like all kind of young professionals. We all have a good job, you know, going to a mate's gaff. We did two waterfall, a waterfall each. Um, and then we just kind of like sat down. And we're just sitting down there being like, are we all right? Are you offended by the way I sat down? <laughs> you know, like, are you offended by how I handed you that, that PlayStation controller? Are we cool? You know, I feel like our vibe is off right now because we're kind of freaking out. You know what I mean? So then you just get about, after about five games of FIFA, you can just about find your feet. But it's five very anxious games of FIFA. Nil all, goes to Penos, you're booting it over the fucking top, you know? <laughs> and you're like, oh God, oh God. Through pass, through pass, through pass, through pass to a lad who isn't your own lad, you know? Run around with the goalie, forgetting what side you're kicking it. You kick off, you're running the wrong direction towards your lads. I mean, all that carry on. Get about five games of that into it uh, to to get over the hump with a bad vibe of too much smoke. Then you're then you're laughing. You know, then you're laughing. All right, last one here. Um, any mad shit you've been thinking about? <laughs> okay, I was trying to talk about this on a recent podcast that I didn't end up putting into the podcast, but I'll try and explain it now. Right, and it's fucking. This is nonsense. Um, you know, smoke circle chat, right? But I am obviously very fascinated in VR. I am very fascinated in the idea that we could live in a simulation. I am very fascinated not by the fucking, you know, Facebook meta stamped metaverse, but the idea that we could live in another space, that we can engage in another space and it's easier for us and we don't need to worry about property prices as much and we can just end up buying up the entire coast of Ireland. We all live by the sea. And that we just have an incredible Ethernet connection that we can jump into the world where we actually hang out with each other. As well as having the real world. And as well as having real cinema experience. Just having that being an option. That there is a place that we can jump into to do that, right? So I'm always very fascinated with that. And how technology can create space. Can create a space that maybe we can live in or, uh, you know, or we can view maybe even. Maybe even procedurally generated uh, movies. Maybe even procedurally generated uh, games that have basically, now this is where we get a bit mad, right? That are, could it be possible to scan the brain to the point where we know the exact stimuli of someone playing a game that they love? 
And could we, if people were willingly able to give up, say everyone had a chip in their brain, right, that was able to directly scan all the the influence that they feel watching a movie and watching, uh, you know, a or playing a video game, to then try and recreate that stimulus exactly how it would be best tailored for this person to be the most stimulating, but obviously within reason, that's not going to overwhelm. It's exactly what you want to see, that we could all go to the cinema and all see just, we put on our, our glasses, it connects with our chip, and we see the film that's exactly what we want to see. I feel like that's the only way you're ever going to have something as good as Endgame in the cinema again where all the Easter eggs just came together in the right, in the best way, and all the influence came together in the best way. I don't know if we're going to have a cinema experience like that, but I wonder, are we going to have custom, procedurally generated movies based on our own stimuli with a chip in our brain? Just with that, right? But then also, is it possible that, say, like, Steven Spielberg's brain, right? Steven Spielberg had a life, you know, he's had, a, he's, he's had influence, he loves Stanley Kubrick, he loves Walt Disney, you know, he loves John Ford movies, uh, he loves the serials of Flash Gordon and, you know, uh, and, you know, loves Westerns and all this. He's had influence and he's also had personal emotional experience with his parents getting divorced. He got a bit of a complex and never wanting to grow up and all that kind of stuff. Right. So he's got a very specific brain and he's luckily had the money and the incredible talent to be able to push, you know, take all that, put it through his prism and then create movies like Jurassic Park, like, you know, E.T., you know. Uh, minority Report, you know, all, all the movies he's been able to make have gone through his prism. But what if there was another brain? Like, what if, what if there was, you could basically, if because if you could procedurally generate the movie, then all you would need would be the brain. And what if we start watching movies that we don't even know if we think we're going to like, you know, because that'll get stale after a while seeing movies exactly how you want to see them in the cinema, right? But what about there's some young fella, Maybe he's even a little young fellow who doesn't talk much, who was singing memories in third class. What if he is able to connect his chip to, you know, Unreal Engine 20, and he's able to make the most incredible movies we've ever seen just based on an AI going into his brain, seeing what would stimulate him the most, right? And then he shows that movie, and it's a blockbuster. He has passively created blockbuster content. Is that possible in our lifetime? Is that possible in a game? Are we then looking to play... Or, or not even, before we even get to game, like say, what what if um, you're able to put your chip, connect with an AI that it scans your brain and it takes everything from uh, Game of Thrones and it makes the last three seasons plus two incredible. And there's like the fucking little Jonesy, the little scrote from third class cut, Jonesy's cut. And it's just procedurally generated, imperceptible, photorealistic um you know, Nicholas Waldo, whatever his name is, you know, the mountain, they're all there and they look great, you know. That could be possible within our lifetime, that procedurally generated technology exactly tailored to our liking based on giving over, you know, certainly a lot, a lot of privacy in your own brain, you know. Um, I don't know if I'd do it, but it's fascinating to think about just the potential because I think you could probably do a very shit version of it now. Bots writing scripts. Could that bot that wrote the script then be put through an AI, you know, Unreal Engine where it just creates what what exactly what you've seen with fake voices? You could make a shit version of that now. Could you make an okay version in five years? I reckon so. I reckon that, in, you know, in a hundred years, with the influence of personal experience, you could see the most spectacular blockbusters, you know, far beyond what we think we, we can, you know, far beyond what we think we want to see, you know. 
and then if you can start watching it through other people's brain, you know? Like imagine just someone's just born with a brain and you're able to put all this technology through it, not against their will, if they're up for it, and then they just share it on like a YouTube. And you're like, this is fucking, this is the best Batman flick that has ever existed. Like it is to the, to the fucking 10th Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Possible. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it's the kind of the, the, it's kind of the democratization of reality. Do you know what I mean? It's allowing a conjuring of any world. And for video games, you know, it could just be like, oh, well, I'm getting from the stimuli in this guy's brain that he wants a dragon to pop out right now. And like, oh my God, how did you know? Oh my God. And to narrowly defeat it or defeat it and learn a lesson. You know what I mean? Depending on what kind of things some people, and it might be someone's brain to say, all right, immediately go 2D. Now we're in a 2D world. That's what he would love. Something fucking, you know, change it up. Now everything's hand-drawn animation out of nowhere, you know? Just to exactly know what this person wants and then to be able to upload those and share those experiences with, you know, the AI probably taking a cut on this AI video game store. Anyway, that's the matter shit I've been thinking about recently. And it's the same it's the reason now that I need to start looking at a pension, right? Because I'm not moving I'm not moving to Florida, bro, in my in my in my later years. I'm not moving to to, you know, to Spain. I'm moving to, to the Canaries. I'm I'm going online, right? I'm obviously going to be there, and I'll go to show up all, all the kids. I'll go to your birthdays and the grandkids, and I'll be around. But if you want to visit Granddad, guess what? He's in, you know, he's in the Shire with Lola Bunny at the moment. <laughs> okay? Knock! Make sure you knock before you open it. All right? <laughs> this is a great dream gun joke uh, for the Lord of the Rings, where it's like the Shire with big round doors with abnormally strong hinges, um, which I thought was very funny. Um... So look, thanks very much for listening. I'm a bit sober now, so I'm going to um, uh, splash some water on my face and uh, and be a parent and partner and lover uh, to my family. <laughs> and I hope you have a good evening. Listen, if you would like to come see me live, there is only two weeks left that you can potentially do that. That's scary. I know that's scary for you, but these are the dates. If you are in Dundalk or would like to go to Dundalk or around that region, um, you should do so this Friday on the 22nd of, of April um, in the uh, sorry in the Spirit Store in Dundalk. I'm very excited to play there on Sunday in Kilkenny in the Set Theatre. Please do come. It's going to be a great time. Next um, next Thursday, sorry, the 27th of April in the Whale Theatre in Greystones, uh, and then on May the 1st in um, the Everyman Theatre in Cork. If you are considering the Cork one, I get on that now. And I'm going to be joined by some very special friends. Shane Daniel Byrne is going to be joining me in Dundalk, in Kilkenny and Cork. And Peter McGann, the homegrown hero of Wicklow, will be joining me for the um, the Greystones gig. Um, so please do come. It'll be lots of fun. Just Google all those things that I said and you'll find where you can get tickets. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to the squids in the sky for dropping in these pipettes of pure joy that you are here listening to this pod. All the best. Bye-bye.